Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Another Nutrition Podcast. Uh, I just went to record this episode and my introduction lasted 32 minutes. So again, I'm not sure when I will post the two recordings in relation to each other, but if you're a, a Not Another Nutrition Podcast addict, you now know the scene. <clears throat> So hopefully it means we can get into this one a little bit quicker than usual. I wanted to discuss dieting and um, the concept of undulating calories. Now I speak about multiphasic, multifaceted dieting and this the different phases multiphasic the different phases are defined by many different factors not just calories but one of them is calories it is whether it is an aggressive diet a moderate deficit whether you are doing a refeed whether it's a diet break um and it's very, very difficult to be completely objective with when different phases should start and finish. Lots and lots of people have been asking me about how long I will be aggressive dieting for. I've got my pen and paper with me. I remember to bring a pen in because obviously my mind goes places with these and I want to keep these episodes coming for you. So people ask me about how long I'm going to aggressive diet for and uh, how long aggressive diet. And there is a mathematical answer to that in some senses that I have considered doing an entire episode on. The problem being is I'm not sure how much in your ears that's going to hit. I feel like it's a very... It needs to be a video. It needs to have a whiteboard or a presentation that I take you through because I know lots of you will not be big maths fans or math, math. Do you like math? Americans going, we don't sound like that. Yes, you do. Hey man, I've got math class. That's you, right? That's how we hear you. Um, it's maths, all right? Learn to talk. <laughs> I'm joking, chill out. You guys get so offended. So, <clears throat> uh, you don't actually, lots of my American followers are quite cool. I was partly worried. Uh, a few stories my friend Spencer Nadolsky had told me about talks he'd done in America. <laughs> And we have quite similar senses of humour. Um, <laughs> if you can, go on his Instagram, go on his reels and um, find the reel of him eating a banana with his wife, Jenna. It's so good. Having spent time with them, that's that's so them. It's so funny. Uh, um, 
<clears throat> so yeah, I was just saying stories. When I was going to do my tour in America, people being offended by some of my jokes and stuff. But when I started talking about this, loads of my followers were like, "I'm American. I think you're hilarious." I get the sarcasm, so that's good. I can't wait to do a tour again. I can't wait to be in America um, and everywhere else. So this mathematical answer, I feel like, needs to be a video because we can break it down I, it, into approximates, but decent enough for, to have a guide of what's going to play out. And the problem is, is when you put stringent guidelines on it or stringent goals, stringent time points, I will start here, I will finish here, this is what will happen in between. Things don't always go that way in real life. This is why I talk about these flexible end dates for diets being good um, within an entirely flexible process. And actually, my babies are just FaceTiming me. So I'm going to pause this. I'm going to have to get Lucy to edit this into two videos because I don't want to miss the call because I haven't seen them for over two weeks. What a weird scenario. But anyway, you see how on the fly these things are. I'll be back. Well, that was absolutely delightful. Um, unfortunately, they have been part of a coronavirus quarantine. So it's the longest I've ever gone without seeing them. It's going to be 19 days by the time I see them. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Living alone and then not getting to see my babies for 19 days has been d difficult. And... Um, I've had to apply lots of the stuff that I talk about around gratitude and acceptance um, during these 19 days. And perspective, good one. Um, okay, where was I? So talking about, I actually don't really know where I was. I was talking about, obviously, uh, <laughs> the, the mathematical side of length of diets, multiphasic dieting, um, and about people wanting objective answers for how long they should be in different phases. And that simply doesn't exist. And this is why I think this podcast is quite cool, because it means I can just meander, <laughs> as I do, and you can just hear some of my thought processes and maybe apply them in your practice, if you're a practitioner, or your own pursuits, if you're not a practitioner. And one of these things is around bowel movements, constipation. Um, it's a regular uh, symptom of dieting or side effect of dieting. It's also, I should say this, a symptom of hypothyroidism and something that is just within the process of consultations when I was a practitioner. It's always worth listening to, speaking, delving into. It's something that people can feel a bit uncomfortable when you start talking about bowel movements. And... Um, There's also some interesting areas for me with regards to what we now know about the gut. Um, gut bacteria, the harvesting of energy from foods 
and how gut bacteria can actually change how much energy we harvest. And as individuals, this has been shown, I would say, because it's not my expert area, and it's something that I've probably happened across much later in my career, it's not something I've read as much as I have or as extensively as I have on other areas. Um, <clears throat> but I've done a decent amount of reading compared to most people, I would imagine. And and I also hate animal studies. They suck in general. But they do give us ideas that we just can't have with humans. And then we go away and test it. And and very, very often, it, and you need to have quite a good understanding of science and physiology um, and even beyond my level of understanding of the differences between animals and humans. Um, but, f you know, the difference between... So, for instance, if you fast a human for like 24, 36 hours versus fasting, say, a, a mouse or a rat um, for the same amount of time. It's more like due to the the, the speed of their metabolism, uh, it's, more, uh, it's more like fasting them for like one to two weeks. So you once you understand stuff like that and people then start comparing fasting in a, in a uh, animal to one in a human, you go, yeah, let's let's not do that let's not make such large jumps uh and likewise with the whole you know nocturnal thing and animals you know there's things you need to understand but anyway there are some concepts that we can test and have some understanding around and it can be helpful and one of those is the fact that and as as far as i'm aware the heart it's been shown very well in animals that the difference in uh, the harvesting of energy between basically different genetic predispositions is profound. Some of you may have heard of this term kind of hard gainer uh, or, you know, this horrible word that I just, just don't think has much, very much applicable at all to it, but it's just the easiest way to explain something of what you're talking about, like ectomorph. Uh, naturally skinny um, but there are people who, who struggle to put on weight right they can eat anything and not put on weight and those individuals their gut bacteria may be very very different or we know it we, we know it is different as people gain weight and if you gain a lot of weight your gut bacteria does change the the diversity of it changes the um, types of bacteria change But ge genetically, some people will be, you know, more disposition to a certain outcome. But also intra-individually, so in, you know, in the same individual, we m might change as we do. We know we do. Even in humans, we know that our gut bacteria changes. But I haven't seen a lot of data or, or strong data yet showing what I believe might be happening, that we are getting, ve as 
part of the, and I spoke about this on my tour, part of the, and I can't wait that I'm saying this now. Let's let's date this. What's the date today? Um, it is, we're in December sometime. My watch doesn't really tell me stuff because I don't use it for that kind of thing. Uh, I think we're about the 6th of December, 2020. I'm saying this now. I think we will see that part of the metabolic adaptation, um, and, and I'm not saying this like I've come up with this completely because, you know, there is inklings of this already, that our body just might. And But I did have this. I had this at least, this, this thought at least 12 years ago. I can literally remember where I was living when I um, had these thoughts. And uh, the our gut bacteria might just become so efficient. You want your gut bacteria to be inefficient. This is why when these I call these gut health gimps, the reason you can't lose weight is because you need to improve your gut health. Um, there's one particular gimp who travels around talking about Chinese medicine and gut health and fixing it. And he's literally just a personal trainer who reads a few studies, says words he doesn't really understand. Oh, it's painful. Did a lot of talks in Dubai. Most of you know who I'm talking about. Oh, it pains me. And then people come into my talk going, Wah. anyway, I'm off topic. The point being, gut health. You don't want your, if, if someone has really, really, really bad gut health, like in the instance of Crohn's or celiac, they lose loads of weight. Then it gets better and they gain their weight back, uh, gain their weight back very often when the gut heals. So anyway, it's it's a different between, oh, inflammation, oh, intestinal permeability, all these fancy words they try and use to sell you services or products or talks. Um, my point being is that as we diet, these things become more efficient and the body potentially starts being more efficient at using this and and essentially there's less food volume going through your body so there's an increased uh transit time so it spends longer in your body again we may be able to digest more more of it is not coming out in our stool okay so when we talk about bowel movements it's just one of the markers that i would use in yourself as times to as this is probably especially towards aggressive diets but if you just start to see really big changes in bowel movement frequency like i know people when they're bulking they start going to the toilet like two to four times a day and again i have some theories around that which maybe i will speak on bulking bowel frequency sorry i don't know so if anyone wants to give me any feedback what do you think you know when i just like talk under my breath and you can hear me scribbling you're listening away there on itunes apple podcast or spotify is it boring is it annoying is it okay we kind of just like having a chat aren't we that's what my podcast is i had had some really nice feedback from ed armstrong he's got his own podcast i imagine i'm going to be a guest on there one day thanks ed um <laughs> uh he and he was like i really like the um conversational feel to it and uh i think he called himself a podhead he's like a real geek on podcast listens like one to do a day and he said to me a week or two ago 
He's like, I really like the conversational style. And I'm glad people do because that's all I can do. I'm just chatting. And you guys are just getting an insight into some of the stuff that goes on in my brain about nutrition and physiology and all the other jazz. And hopefully it helps you. Hopefully you pick up snippets over time. Just let the information wash over you. Um, in Informal learning that I always talk about nutrition being a journey. God, you hear my neck crack then. Nutrition being a journey. And you can't get all the answers at once. And this is why people, they want the answers instantly. And they want results instantly. And they want to know exactly what it is that needs to happen. And they don't just realize. And, and they want, oh, can you give me a post on this that will answer everything? It's like, no. Follow me. Like, you're going to be in the same place you are in two years if you don't just slow down, shut your mouth, and listen. Just consume all of my content, all of my guest podcasts, all of my podcasts. Consume all the free stuff I put out. Sign up for my Mac mail. Watch all of my stories, right? You're following these idiots. Well, that's maybe a bit mean, but some of them are idiots selling you crap on the internet. These reality TV stars who start selling you these stupid plans and supplements. You spend time watching their stories. You spend time moaning about them. Stop it. Start focusing on yourself and start, oh, your stories aren't as interesting as looking at his abs or her ass. Well, then just you won't progress. Start investing in yourself by following my boring content. And in two years, you'll be in a much better place, at least on the nutrition front, if not some of the other stuff. (laughs) Right, where was I before that rant? I actually have thrown myself massively there. Um, I'm going to have to dial it all the way back to gut bacteria, bowel movement frequency. Yeah, this is it. Cool. So just understanding that, oh yeah, that's what I said, bulking bowel movement frequency and wrote it down and went completely off topic. I do hope you enjoy them. If you don't, you can just stop listening. Just don't rate me as four stars. Four stars or three stars hurts more than one star, right? One star, you're a gimp, right? There's no way my podcast is a one star that, you know, I think there's been a few of those just by people who are hateful and super jealous and just pointless human beings, really. But the three and the four stars, oh, you've taken the time to rate the podcast and you've said it's better than average, but three to four stars is like, oh, it like, oh, you, it's like a disappointed parent. It's like, Martin, you, you know, you've done well. I just think with a bit more focus and time, it just could have been better. It's like, oh, you've, you've, they they, they were tough you know but I'm glad I'll take the feedback Um, I think you've left a four star and not left a review so I can't actually get the feedback to make it a five so thanks very much you've left me in limbo it's like when someone dumps you and doesn't give you a reason they just go it's not you it's me and you know it's you but they're not telling you why what is it just tell me (laughs) Uh, awkward so where was I? Uh, bowel movement frequency. So there are certain times. So w- with my aggressive diet, things happen a lot quicker. You um, not that uh, <laughs> things happen a lot quicker. You you're getting results a lot quicker. But s- 
and you're losing body fat faster. So I've spoken about this before, rates of weight loss. People go, oh, you know, your metabolism is going to slow down faster. Well, it's not. There's no evidence of that. My metabolism will slow down in the same proportional rate to my weight loss. Um, I'm just losing more body fat than you are at a slow rate. But I'm going to be done in half or quarter of the time you are. And when you get to my level of body fat loss, you'll be in the same place. Um, but by that time, I'll be out of my diet for, you know, ages and will be ha happy. Um, I sort of say that fat loss sucks. I'll be happy. Like I'm super happy now. I'm loving the process. If you love the process, if it's an endeavor, if you're feeling like you're achieving and it's fun, fantastic. It still sucks in the sense of exaggerating the word sucks. Like if something sucks, oh, that sucks. It's like, yeah, no, it's not that bad. But it's just not as nice as eating at maintenance or a surplus. It's not, there's not as much variety. Um, but you know, I am loving the process. It definitely doesn't suck, but it just, you know, I guess I just say that because it's a funny thing to say. I'm sorry, mom. I was just trying to impress my friends. <laughs> so things happen faster. And so I, I think I'm about 12 or 13 days into this aggressive diet. And um, today's the first time that I felt like my bowel movements are a bit sluggish, right? It's a bit of a gross topic for some people. They don't like talking about it. As a practitioner, you have to get super non-judgmental, super, um, not judgmental, but super neutral, super clinical, super... sort of unconditional positive regard-esque stuff uh, to this stuff. But, and, and often when you're just, it's just matter of fact about the discussion, it'll help your clients and people discuss it with you. Same with male practitioners working with female clients, being able to discuss the menstrual cycle. I've never had a problem with it. Um, but some men, I feel like maybe that's not a thing anymore maybe it was a thing 10, 20 years ago. People still talk about it. And I'm like, really? What What kind of male is weirded out discussing the menstrual cycle? Uh, maybe they're out there. If they're out there, let me know, because obviously I'll create them some content for them. <laughs> but bowel movements, again, it's non-gender specific. And um, so when you start to feel like that, like it's not... Probably not a good idea if your bowel movements start getting towards... And, and to be honest, you, I'm going to put this in context. If someone is context, contest dieting uh, and, and they are natural, uh, that makes a big difference often in terms of, um, you know, my metabolism versus someone who's using both anabolic steroids, to, to be frank, but also things like um, ephedrine, um, clenbuterol, uh, thyroid, you know, T3 drugs, um, and anything else crazy along that. It, the amount of food they can consume and it basically undermines lots of the metabolic adaptation you get if you're in a natural state. So they can eat more. 
and they feel better. Like my libido hasn't taken a hit yet, but once probably because my body fat is still relatively high. Um, once your body fat starts to get below a certain level or after an extended period of time in a deficit, um, it, it's gonna take a hit because this, these hormones, your luteinizing hormone and your follicle stimulating hormone um, their pulsatility starts to reduce. There's lots of stuff around energy availability in this area. Um, more, and, and it's more profound in people who do loads and loads of exercise, which is why I know I'm hugely off topic, I'm sorry, but people who do loads and loads of exercise just fare so much worse on diets. You just don't do loads and loads and loads of exercise. I mean, Great for some people, you eat lots and you start running and training for triathlons and you do it for a year without really getting any food issues and you just naturally drop body fat and fantastic, like happy days for you. But all the people out there who I'm speaking to and you will literally be like, that's me. You're training like crazy. You don't feel like you're eating a lot and you're not losing any weight. I literally had this lady come to me. I'm, I, I'm fairly sure I met you in Birmingham. And you know what? If, if you listen to this Birmingham lady, I hope it's the right city. I'll describe you more in case you weren't a Birmingham lady. No, I'm sure you are. I can literally picture the room. We're on the right-hand side of the room, um, and you were talking to... Uh, I think we were. No, I'm questioning myself, looking at the stage. And literally you were saying how you're training really hard. I'm pretty sure it was marathon or triathlon training, and you, you weren't eating a, a, that much, but you had said, you know, I, do I need to... I probably, you've resonated, I've, you know, you've called me out, not personally, but I maybe need to be a bit more stringent with what I'm eating, being a bit more truthful with myself, uh, but, but anything else. And I, I literally said, look, this is my issue. I, I want to tell you to just stop being an idiot with how much training you're doing and just chill out. I said, I know that's hard for you to hear and I know you're like, and I don't want you to lose any enjoyment from exercise, but just chill out, just and essentially she was reporting like massive hunger and I said I know it sounds counterintuitive but just stop with the crazy training right reduce it dial it right back just eat well bring your calories up to maintenance for a bit and then go into a deficit but keep the training low and see how you feel now I feel like you might have messaged me again afterwards because I said to you I know you won't do this and no one ever does I feel like you messaged me afterwards and went, yeah, I took your advice and literally dialed it right the way back and everything's amazing. Thank you so much. If you hear this, please reach out to me again. Um, that'd be super cool. The, you you people that I talk to about this are the ones I want to go on my website, martin-macdonald.com forward slash N-A-N-P, not another nutrition podcast. If you want to type it all in, not hyphen another hyphen nutrition hyphen podcast, that also works. Um, and fill in the this, this suggestions form, but the, there's a little button, there's a section on the where you click and it takes you to a different area and it's like, I want to tell you how your advice helped me. Then now I want you to fill that in and then maybe we can just have a chat on air and we can discuss your exact scenario and give some people some real life case studies of how the shizzle I talk about helps people and changes lives. Um, without me even coaching people, uh, Anyway, so going back to bowel movement frequency. So 
in an aggressive deficit, you know, I was saying it doesn't, this stuff doesn't really work as well. And someone whose metabolism, they, you know, if they're using other stuff and they can eat more food and their bowel movements don't change as much. Um, and you can put yourself, push yourself, your, your T3, T4, thyroid stimulating hormone, TSH, will change during a diet. And you can basically change your profile that is indicative of kind of a semi-starvation mode. You probably won't make yourself hypothyroid. It's it's highly unlikely. But if you're doing bloods, wow, amazing, super cool. You could use that as a bit of a marker. But another good marker is just, and I sort of said, sorry, this is where I left off, natural bodybuilders, contest prep, the week before competition, only going to the toilet once every four days, like a bowel movement, once every four days, is completely not uncommon. I've heard actually people like seven days. And obviously they're lighter, they're smaller, they're metabolically adapted, they're sub 10% body fat. And there's a there's a discussion there of, it, and this is even people who are eating like vast quantities of vegetables. It, you'd think, you know, their fiber intake is way, way, way above what most of us, are, you know, when, when our bowel movements are absolutely fine. And, sorry, just one sec. I always have, when I'm thinking, you know what, this is good content. I have these little um, pangs of like, what if my phone has died? What if... Uh, something's gone wrong and this is great information so anyway just checked it's all good it seems so when your bowel movements frequencies are good and normal you know and people are only consuming like 15 grams 10 grams 20 grams of fiber when realistically the guidelines we're like aiming for 30 grams or more um but they're absolutely fine because we're consuming enough calories and maybe our gut microbiota uh, is in a state where it's a bit inefficient and everything's going well. And uh, if you've never looked up what your stool, what your bowel movements, what your stool should look like, Google the Bristol stool chart. Um, it's quite an enlightening thing. I think most practitioners or at least like MNU students and the like will have seen it. Um, and what's funny, so it's, well, go, just go Google it. I'm not going to go into it, but it's quite funny because lots of um, people, like gut health people and um, like true, like good ones uh, and like dietitians who work a lot in this area, they bake cakes and make like stuff that looks like, looks like it and it's super gross, um, but quite funny. I might put on my story today, actually. Cake. It's hilarious, but also super gross. Like I'm, I'm weirded out by stuff like that. Probably couldn't eat it. Um. So, yeah, you're. This is one of those things. So for me, I'm now in this state where I am considering. I I will use things like body weight as a way to as an objective way but there's no objective figure i can't go for every two kilos you you lose do xyz i can't say for every 10 days in this amount of deficit do this for every x amount those things don't exist they're not things that have been studied or really will be studied 
Um, so I can't give you those. So I'm, I'm giving you this stuff just to just to consider. And often this is why a coach is really good because your mind does start playing little tricks on you. You can start convincing yourself, oh, I really need, I've seen so many people undermine their diets because they're like, I need to boost metabolism. I need to do a reverse diet. I need to do a refeed. I need to do aggressive refeed. Um, I need to do a diet break. And it's like, no, you just need to be consistent with your tracking and just stick with it for a month. Uh, rather than two weeks because you've got a menstrual cycle and two weeks is a really terrible time to judge progress over. Uh, but another one is is bowel movement um, frequency. And even if it's not an actually very good proxy for something particularly physiological, it's just probably not a good idea if you are, you know, for instance, carbohydrate intake has gone down quite a lot. This is one of the issues with low carbohydrate diets is, and, and I've actually got this written down for a future podcast is dietary fiber variety in that you, you know, you're just eating boatloads of broccoli and boatloads of lettuce and, and whatever, but you're not getting this good dietary fiber variety specifically the variety of fibers and you're maybe going down one very you know you're not getting much prebiotic fiber fiber or, or, or um or, or the probiotics either because you're limiting consumption of probiotic foods for instance not that you have to um so it's just a proxy that I wanted to talk about. I don't think it's a subject that's spoken about enough. This was supposed to be, I said in the other podcast, that was supposed to be the intro to this. Oh, I might release these midweek, um, these midweek ones, you know, just like a few minutes, just like, what did I call it? An interlude episode. <laughs> Lol. I don't know if I'll ever be able to achieve those. I just don't feel like they add value. So I just add more value and then it goes on too long. But hey, who's ever complained about something lasting too long? Apart from coronavirus, that could that could have buggered off quicker. Uh, yeah. Right. So again, I know some of you will, you know, those people. Oh, I want the answer right now. I want the exact answer. It's just something for you to mull over. It's something for you to consider. It's something that people ignore. It's an issue. If you are, and that's something I haven't said yet is, if you're one of these chronic dieters do consider just going back to maintenance consistently at maintenance or some calories over maintenance, no matter where your body fat is at. A lot of you need to do that for psychological and emotional healing around food. Uh, but some of you might need to do it for physiological reasons as well. Uh, and if you if you are regularly constipated, potentially getting some some blood tests just to check that. Um, and you know and other things looking at what your diet is like is one um, there are obviously lots of other things which is why you should see a medical professional about it um, that can cause constipation should have finished that sentence sorry anyway I may I may leave the mathematical stuff around how long I'll be on the aggressive diet for some some other time have a bit more of a think about it uh, maybe if I consider it and talk very slowly, don't go off in tangents and you can get a pen and paper out for that episode and write it down, it might work. 
or I'll have to do it somewhere else. Or maybe, ooh, hmm, show notes. I haven't done much with show notes yet. Um, show notes, download, hmm, we'll see. I'm just creating loads of work for myself. You better flip in, um, appreciate it. Uh, I know you do, but it would show that you appreciate it if you log on to the pod, you know, the iTunes, Apple. You know what? Go Like, it's the least you can do, right? I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for Patreon donations. I'm not asking for anything. Just log on. Create an Apple iTunes account, whatever, even if you're an Android user. Find a way of getting on there. Get Find a friend who doesn't listen to the podcast. Take their phone if they've got an iPhone and review my podcast on their phone. That would mean a lot to me. It encourages me to do more and more of these. Um, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> cool. Right, I, I hope you've enjoyed that. I, I, What time is it now? The time now is almost 4pm. I meant to go to the gym at 11. I've recorded <laughs> lots of content today. Happy days. Sending you much love. I have no idea what podcast episode this will be, what last week was, what next week will be. But I look forward to hearing your feedback on all of this. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Till next time.